This is Wrestling with your host, Isaac Scanlon. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to check out my page on Locals.com. There you can find a special deleted scene from this episode. And for three bucks a month, you will get exclusive access to monthly bonus episodes of wrestling starting this January. You will find me at Darth Scandalous. That is D-A-R-T-H Scandalous. For part two of our conversation... Pastor Mark and I discuss some of his most recent books. We wrestle with eschatology, how Christians should respond to the COVID vaccine and alternative treatments such as ivermectin, and how we maintain our sanity during these insane times. Along the way, Mark reveals the identity of the Antichrist. That is correct. You won't want to miss this exciting episode. Links to Pastor Mark's writings and other resources discussed in the podcast can be found in the description. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to part two of this episode of Wrestling. I am joined once again by Pastor Mark Swarbrick. Last time we talked about his work about Jimmy Swigert Ministries and our respective experiences with that ministry, but Pastor Mark also has several other books, including a new book that is going to be out soon. Okay, well, uh, I'll just start off by uh, uh, letting you know what I've already got published, and then we'll talk about what's really close to my heart right now, which is my book that's about to be released. But uh, I have uh, uh, about 10 other books published. Uh, Theistic Evolution, Did God Create Through Evolution? Heavenly Miracles, True Stories of Supernatural Intervention. Two Mormons with Love, A Pilgrimage Through Mormon History and Doctrine. King James Onlyism, Is the KJV the Best Bible Version? No, it's not. Spoiler alert. Pardon? No, I just said, I just gave a spoiler alert and said, no, King James oh. only is <laughs> not true. Right on. Uh, end of days, what the Bible says happens next. Catholicism, the, the hidden truth about Catholicism. Life after death, what happens when we die? Swaggertism, the strange doctrines of Jimmy Swaggert Ministries, and we talked about that in part one. Hidden History, the untold story of the Democratic Party. Those all truly, sound like, oh, sorry. That's all right. Uh, truly Amazing, book one, the real story of Adam and Eve, and that's a children's book. Wow, um, those all sound like very fascinating topics. Well, I think they are, and that's why I wrote about them. <laughs> I can't get inspired to write anything if I'm not really interested in it. Good point. And, and the, uh, the uh, book that I'm writing now, 
is called, entitled The COVID Conspiracy, The Cure for COVID and the Plot to Hide It from the World. Wow. Okay. So is this where you claim that COVID is caused by 5G? No, not at all. <laughs> um, I believe that COVID is a man-made virus created in the in a uh, bioweapons lab in Wuhan, China. That would have gotten you banned from big tech just a year ago, but now most people agree it's a very viable theory. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I think they just couldn't hide the truth any longer. Well, I think it's because Trump said it and everyone just freaked out just because Trump said it, you know, without yes. really looking into whether it was true or not. Um, that, that's true. He also made the statement that he thought uh, hydroxychloroquine was a drug that had promise for helping with the pandemic. And of course, because he said it, they, everyone had to jump on the bandwagon and attack hydroxychloroquine, which mm -hmm. uh, turns out now is a drug that does have some benefit. Okay. And all, and my, my book, uh, it talks about hydroxychloroquine, but that's not the main thing it talks about. It talks about uh, there are countries in the world where the pandemic has simply not affected that country much at all. Uh, had they had very few deaths, um, very few people got COVID. Those that did tended to recover. Um, and so people, uh, researchers looked into what is going on in these countries. They're mostly in Africa. And they found out that the population, they were all taking a, a drug called ivermectin. Because uh, the I uh, word, horsey word. Yeah, the I word. Not allowed. Not allowed to say that on the internet. They'll ban you. <laughs> but they were taking that because uh, there's a parasite that causes what's called river blindness, and it was so bad in some of the provinces that they put the whole population on ivermectin in order to protect them from river blindness. So. When and it was these discovered were not horses, that, these were people, correct? That is correct. Uh, there are many drugs that both people and animals take. Uh, people like to call ivermectin horse medicine because it's given to horses to deworm them. Uh, but you know what? They give penicillin to horses too. So uh, just because uh, uh, it's given to horses, it does not mean it's, quote, horse medicine. Um, exactly. Ivermectin is a drug that has been used in, in for people for many many years and has a very it's fully fda approved and has fda approved for human use and it's been used for many many years uh, mil, uh, millions and millions of doses have been taken very few side effects uh very it, in fact it has a safer record than tylenol or ibuprofen or aspirin so when it was found out these countries in Africa didn't have hardly any COVID, they wondered, could it be the ivermectin? And so they did some tests and found out, yes, lo and behold, that's what it is. And now many countries around the world are using ivermectin against COVID very successfully. 
um, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine was only effective if it was given in the early stages of the disease. But ivermectin is effective in every stage of the disease. And it can also be taken prophylactically. So if you're taking ivermectin, you simply don't get COVID. Hmm. And so this is, this is the subject of my book. I talk about the conspiracy between big pharma, uh, big tech, the mass news media, the Democratic Party, and the pharmaceutical companies, which are multinational corporations that are making trillions upon trillions of dollars off of the vaccines, which are released under an emergency use authorization. And the law says you cannot get an EAU from the FDA if there's an existing treatment that's effective. So if ivermectin were to be accepted as effective, they could not sell the vaccines and it would cost trillions of dollars. And therein is the rub. Okay. And for the record, I believe you said on your website that you have been vaccinated. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So you're not an anti-vaxxer. You're just noticing some data. Yes. I'm not anti-vaxxer at all. Uh, I was, I got the Moderna vac- vaccination, which is two shots. Um, the second shot put me in the hospital. I was sick for two weeks, could not get out of bed, deathly ill, like the wow. worst case of flu. Yeah, it was bad. And then towards the end, uh, instead of getting gradually better, I got worse to where the muscles in my neck completely locked up. I could not turn my head even a quarter of an inch. It was just frozen and it was wow. extremely painful. That's and crazy. I went to the emergency room and they gave me a bunch of medicines and uh, to stop the inflammation. And it took a few days, but their me- the medicines they gave me were effective eventually. And I was able to turn my head after another week or two, I could, I could, I was out of the woods, but it was an ordeal. Um, and now there's a lot more that's known about the vaccines that they can be very dangerous for some people, particularly young people who don't really need them because their immune system is going to overcome the virus quickly. But they're finding now that there's, there's been over 16,000 deaths from the vaccines. 16, uh, and that's 000? according to the over 16,000. Yeah. And that's, that's according to the stats on the CDC website. So uh, a lot of people would contend there's more, but the CDC says there's 16,000 plus. I got the exact figure in my book. Uh, okay. But anyway, uh, now, they, now they're coming out with uh, booster shots for us. Um, because of the, because of, there is a risk with the vaccine, because I had such a terrible time with the second shot, and because ivermectin is available, I will not be getting a booster shot. I have ivermectin sitting right here on the desk in front of me. And if I get sick with COVID, I intend to take that. Okay. Well, I mean. And it's not the horse medicine. I have a legal prescription from an American doctor. (laughs) Okay. So you have consulted with your doctor about this. You didn't. I consulted with my local doctor first. And his response was, if you get COVID, I'm just going to send you home and you just stay there until you get sicker. And when you think you're going to die, don't call me, just go to the emergency room. So 
I got a, I decided to get a second opinion and I got another doctor. Um, uh, you know, they had one good thing the pandemic brought about was telemedicine, which is a wonderful thing. You can just see a doctor online. And so that's what I did. I just signed up. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Push Health is one. That's the one I used. And I got a doctor that, uh, and I said, I want ivermectin on hand in case I get COVID. And in case I get, I'm vaccinated, but if I get a breakthrough case, I want ivermectin. And she prescribed that plus some other medicines that she recommended and <clears throat> with uh, instructions exactly what to take and how to take it if I were to come down with uh, COVID. So were uh, you prescribed uh, monoclonal antibodies? I, cause I believe those have been FDA approved for emergency use. Yes. Um, she didn't prescribe that. Um, and depending on how sick I am, I may pursue that, uh, through my local doctor. Uh, but I expect that the ivermectin, ivermectin I've got will probably kick it. Uh, there's a lot of evidence of people that just recover so quickly once they start taking that. Literally within hours, they feel better after taking it. Yes. I recently. So that's, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you could say this is anecdotal evidence, but there's this independent journalist, a guy named Tim Poole. He's talked about how he had a very severe case of COVID. He said he was, he was actually hallucinating. He was so sick. And this guy is like in his 30s. He's a pretty healthy guy, but he happens to be friends with good old Joe Rogan, the horseman, as you know, as some people think of him. But but Joe told him he's like, hey, you should take this seriously. And it wasn't just ivermectin, but Poole was prescribed monoclonal antibodies. And I actually think the antibodies are the only thing that that Mr. Poole has admitted to taking but he said he was better within hours. Once again, that's one story, but maybe that gives some corroboration. 200 members of Congress have been prescribed ivermectin. I bet they're all Republicans. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be interesting to find out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I said that as a joke, that's probably not true, but I know that's that's how some people are going to try to spin this. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, uh, Mark, I I do feel compelled to ask this before we proceed. Do you have any kind of a medical background? No, I do not. Okay, I'm I'm not trying to just discredit you, but I think that's that's good to put out there. Yeah, and I make a point of that in my book, uh, that um, I am not a medical expert. Nothing in this book is medical advice. I've got a big disclaimer. This is for entertainment purposes only. The only thing I would recommend you do is talk to your doctor and take what he prescribes. Um, but then I go on to talk about all the data about ivermectin. I talk about how to, how to get it legally from an American doctor, from an American pharmacy. I talk about what people are doing illegally. 
Um, you're getting it from, from India through the mail without a prescription. Um, I talk about people taking uh, horse paste, uh, ivermectin designed for horses, and that there, there's an entire underground on social media sites, not on Facebook because they've been all banned, but on MeWe and other sites, there are groups that talk about, there's groups for taking the horse medicine, there's groups that talk about getting it legally from a doctor. There's groups that talk about getting it from India. Uh, the word has gotten out that this medicine works. And um, in fact, there's a, there's a website, flccc.net, uh, frontline doctors that uh, have been treating COVID. And they talk about their protocol with ivermectin and how successful they've been with it. So anyway, this is what my book's all about. Um, why is this being suppressed? Why is it working so well? And if it is, then why aren't people using it? And, and what is the conspiracy? And then I, I talk about uh, what Satan's plan is with the pandemic. There has been a paradigm shift, uh, not just in America, but the entire world since the pandemic hit. We the Great see, Reset. Yeah, yeah. We, we see a new world order coming. We see totalitarianism sweeping across America, or at least trying to. We see ba bad actors across the world sensing weakness in the White House, and they're rattling their sabers. And I see all of this as a, a forerunner uh, of making the road smooth for the coming Antichrist. Okay, so Why? that is your eschatology. And uh, I actually, I actually wouldn't, would you mind taking a short detour? Because on your website, you say you know the identity of the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a statement that'll grab your attention. The people are like, what? <laughs> Is this guy hey, a cook I, or what? I got to get my clicks. <laughs> I got to get, I got to get listeners. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm here for your edification, <laughs> not your entertainment. But who says this can't be also be entertaining, right? Right, right. Um, of course, let me preface what I'm about to say with, I could be wrong, okay? Um, I do think I know, but I could be wrong, okay? Now, what I see in Scripture, particularly in Revelation chapter 17, <clears throat> it says that the Antichrist is going to come and have a kingdom and his will be there will be seven kingdoms and the antichrist kingdom will be one of them that there will also be an eighth kingdom and the eighth kingdom is one of the seven in other words i'll give you the short version when the antichrist comes he's going to have a kingdom he's going to be killed he's going to be gone from the scene for a while and he's going to come back there's, he's going to have some sort of a resurrection and come back and be in charge of the eighth final kingdom. It specifically says that when the Antichrist comes the first time, that his kingdom will be short-lived. It'll only be around a little while, and then he'll be gone. And I can, I can pull up the passage in Revelation that says this, if you like. But anyway... Um, Yes, please. Could you read it for our audience? Yes. Give me one moment to bring it up. I would have had it ready, but I didn't know we were going to go down this road, but that's fine. 
All right, Revelation chapter 17 is where we're going. And my book, End of Days, by the way, goes into great deal explaining this with a lot of scripture. Okay. Okay, here we go. I'm beginning in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for only a little while. Now, let me break that down. The Apostle John is saying there's going to be seven kingdoms. He says five of them have already come. And, and the kingdoms he's speaking of are, are what he calls beast kingdoms. In other words, they're kingdoms that persecute God's people, either Israel or the Christian church or both. Okay, Five have fallen. In other words, in John's time, five don't exist anymore. One is, and we know that was Rome. Rome was the beast kingdom at the time John wrote this. The other has not yet come. All right, so there's a coming kingdom. But when he does come, he must remain for only a little while. So there's coming a kingdom that's going to be here, and then it's going to be gone. Verse 11, the beast that was and now is not is an eighth king who belongs to the other seven and is going into destruction. This beast is the Antichrist. So. So let me stop right there and explain that. So after Rome is going to come another beast kingdom that's only going to be here for a little while. And so what kingdom has there been that has only been here for a little while and then was gone? What comes to my mind is the Nazi empire, which only lasted about 12 years and then was gone. And then there's other scripture that talks about and I don't have it in front of me right now, but you're probably familiar with it, where it talks about the Antichrist being uh, slaughtered, being wounded to, to death, being killed. Mm -hmm. And he comes back to life. In the Left lie. Behind series, when, he's, when the guy is killed by that razor thing and then is resurrected, if you're into right. that. And, and contemporary thought has been, well, the Antichrist is going to get killed He's going to get shot in the head or something, and then he's just like going to survive. But when you look at the scriptures, it doesn't really describe it that way. It says he's going to get killed, he's going to be dead and gone, and his kingdom is gone. His kingdom would only be here for a little while. And then he comes back, and there has been only one evil king that has been killed and could come back, and everyone know who he is. The Bible says everyone wonders at the beast that was and then was not and now is well who there's only been one kingdom that came and gone where everyone can recognize who he was because of television everybody in the world knows the face of adolf hitler adolf and hitler I, will rise again and is the antichrist i think that's a viable theory 
That is so interesting. I have never heard that before. Um, well, I hadn't either. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a period of insomnia where I just spent a whole lot of time in prayer and reading the word because uh, I couldn't sleep, so I figured I'd do that. Sometimes I'd go down to the church, to the chapel there, and, and just pray for a few hours. And and I ended up reading this passage in Revelation, and I'm like, man, this doesn't make sense. What does it mean? And one night, I was like half awake and half asleep, and it's just like it clicked into my brain. Oh, Adolf Hitler and the Nazi regime, could that be the kingdom that would only be here for a little while and then gone and then he comes back. And uh, I, so that's when I really got to studying and trying to see if that's possible. And I haven't found any, anything in scripture that says that could not be true. Hmm. I guess I can't say for sure it is, it's just a theory. Okay. But that, that's what I think. And, and if you read my book, End of Days, I go into it much more in depth with a lot of scripture. Fascinating stuff. Now it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, for sure. When I was part of Swaggart's ministry, I got very into that end time stuff because it's just really cool to speculate about this. I always it wondered who the yeah. antichrist would be and, what he looks like, what his name would be. Well, I'll tell you something that'll raise the hair on the back of your head. I, I've got a video about this on my website. Don't know if you've seen it or not. It's called The Seventh Kingdom, where I, where I give this whole spiel. Uh, YouTube blocked it. <laughs> and they sent me an email explaining why it's blocked. They said, this video is illegal in the following countries. And <laughs> the countries, you know, there's going to be a 10 nation confederacy in Europe. Well, all the countries that this video is illegal in are going to be part of that 10 nation confederacy. They're in the same geographical area as the old Roman Empire. I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Right. Now, I think it's just worth interjecting. I, I would have to respectfully disagree with this eschatological framework. Okay. I would hold more to the view that, you know, Revelation has a lot of very metaphorical language. Obviously, I, I haven't been to seminary like you have been, and I haven't been a pastor, but based on my own studies, I've come to a more amillennialist view that what we're experiencing right now is the millennial reign. And I'd go to verses like in Matthew when Jesus says the last days will be like the days of Noah and, and he's just going to come. You know, there will be two at the mill. One will be taken. The other will remain. And that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. So that to me suggests that the world is just going to be totally blindsided by Christ's return. I would agree with that. Right. So I know that Revelation, it's very apocalyptic, very tough book to interpret. 
they use the numbers seven and a thousand a lot. And those numbers are often symbols of seven, for instance, is a symbol of God's perfection. Like when the Israelites were taking over Jericho, they marched around the city seven times. And then on the seventh day, you know, they did it seven more times, and that's when the walls came down. So I think of Revelation as being very metaphoric. And it's a book of prophecy, so the timeline isn't necessarily linear. If, if you would want a source that aligns more with my view of eschatology, there's a pastor at the, at the Village Church in Dallas named Matt Chandler, who I think has a really good sermon series in Revelation. But that's just my take. Okay, well, to each his own. I mean, we all have to sort through the scriptures on our own and decide for ourselves uh, what we think some of these things mean. And of course, eschatology is a very deep, complex subject. And it takes, uh, I found it takes years and years and years to really be able to grasp it. Um, but I would encourage you to read my book, End of Days, okay. for another perspective and just weigh that out and uh, compare it all to scripture. All but right. My By the way, I still love talking about this stuff because it's really cool, I think. It is. Yeah, eschatology has always been a fascinating subject to me, too. And, uh, and I certainly believe the return of the Lord may be close. I mean, he could come. It, uh, since the time of the apostles, the return of Christ has been imminent. Hmm. Uh, there's nothing that needs to be fulfilled first before he comes back. He, could, he has always been able to come at any time. And the state of the world now, I feel that uh, it's, well, obviously it's true, it's closer than ever, <laughs> but uh, um, it just feels like it, it, it could be any time. And even if it's not in our lifetime, he wants us to live as though it were, could be any time. Yes. Uh, it is the, uh, his return is the blessed hope of the church, he said when he went away that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to where, so you can be where I am. And uh, that's gonna happen at the rapture when we're caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And uh, that could happen any moment in the blink of an eye. That is so awesome. I think about, there's a verse, I think, I don't know where it is, but, but there is a crown of reward for those who await, the those who delight in the Lord's return. Mm -hmm. And if this past, you know, year and a half and just a little bit more has shown us anything, it's that we ought to long for the return of our Lord. Amen. Yeah, which I guess sort of gets us back. That was a bunny trail, but we we were talking about ivermectin and and the big cover up. Yes, Satan uses fear, and some politicians use fear, and the world has been fearful ever since this horrible pandemic has been turned loose on us. And I believe that. 
you know, there's a scripture that says when the, when Satan comes in like a like a flood, that the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And I believe he is giving Christians some wisdom in these days to navigate through the maze that we're in and trying to figure out what to do. And I believe that uh, uh, not being afraid is something God has called us to do, but he has called us to be uh, wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. And when I found out the effectiveness of this medicine and that it was being suppressed, the truth about it was being suppressed, and I got figured out how to legally get some for myself uh, and my family so that we would be uh, more protected than what the uh, vaccines can do for us. Uh, the next thing I wanted to do was share that truth with uh, anyone who wanted to listen so they can get the uh, get a doctor to get them some ivermectin and and also that they can understand that there are forces at work in this pandemic that go beyond the natural but reach into the spiritual where satan is really trying to use this to wreak as much havoc as he can but god's people can just hold on to him and i believe he'll guide us each step of the way and keep us safe amen could you go a little more in depth as to what Satan's plan is? Uh, certainly. Um, and this will get into eschatology, which you may or may not agree with, but I, I do believe that uh, there is coming, an, a coming Antichrist. The Apostle Paul talked about that one day he'll come and that he will declare that he is God and demand that the whole world worship him. And this isn't in Revelation, this is in Thessalonians, I think. Um, and that one day he'll take his seat in the temple of God and proclaim that he is God. And that you cannot uh, buy or sell or do anything without the mark of the beast. Um, I believe that time is coming someday. I think Satan has wanted, ever since the Tower of Babel, Satan has wanted a one world government so that he can put his man in control of it. Satan has always wanted worship. He tried to get Jesus to worship him. He wants all the world to worship him. And Satan's plan is to put a man in charge of the whole world. It won't be Satan himself, but Satan will, he'll be Satan's guy and a very evil man that will eventually get the one world government that satan wants and get the control over the whole world and to get that done there are certain things that have to be taken out of the way nationalism has been god's plan since the tower of babel he wanted the people to spread out on the earth and multiply and they said no we want to stay here and build this big tower and this big city and make a name for ourselves <clears throat> and it was based on pride it was based on disobedience to God's word to spread out and populate the earth. That's when God confused their languages. And that's what gave rise to all the races of man upon the earth. Everybody gathered together with people that they could understand. And they, lived, they went and lived together and married each other. And uh, that limited the gene pool of certain groups because they were only interbreeding with the people that spoke their language. And this is where all the nations and, 
and tribes came from. And it says in the book of Acts that it, it's God who determined where the nations would be and what their boundaries would be. So that's God's plan. And anytime God has a plan, Satan wants to tear it down. God, Satan wants a one world government where God has decided independent nations is what he wants for this age. So that has what do you to be, think would be, what's so wrong with the world coming together in a utopia? Wouldn't that be what God would want so that boy, we all live in peace that, with one another? Yeah, it certainly sounds like it, doesn't it? But, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that is exactly what Satan is going to say. This is going to bring world peace. This is going to be better. Anything that is contrary to what God says is evil, even if we don't understand it. Look at the mm -hmm. Tower of Babel. It looks like that makes sense. They're all speaking one language. It's going to be one world. They're all working on this tower together. What's wrong with that? Well, God said it was wrong, and it was his choice to scatter them into different nations by giving them different languages. So, um, I mean, a person could write a treatise on why that's better, but just the one fact that God says, no, I don't want it that way, I want it this way, uh, is reason enough to say, no, that's not right. Hmm. When Satan does have one world, uh, a, one, a united world, then Satan will put one man in charge of the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, and, and I can see that's that's a pretty major moral hazard because to put one guy in charge of everything, you got to have a lot of trust in that one guy. Right. And we've seen throughout Scripture where God uses nations to discipline other nations. Um, when the people of Israel went into the Promised Land, uh, actually, God said, I don't want you to go there yet because their sins have not piled up to heaven. But later on, when he went in there, he says that their sins have piled up to heaven. And these, these nations were cannibalistic. They were burning their own children in the fire to false gods. And that's why God decreed go in there and wipe them out and inhabit that land. Um, and Man, in World that's... War II, we saw where... I was getting World say, War II. Go ahead. Go one ahead. Of those hard sayings of the Bible was the command to, you know, to take out the Canaanites. I mean, that that's a hard thing in Scripture, and many people have stumbled over that. They have. Um, it helps to realize how evil those people were. Several places in Scripture, God said. He lists all the things they did, and it's, you know, what I just mentioned, the cannibalism. They, they were just absolutely, brutally evil. Um, in World War II, God had to use the Allies to put a stop to Hitler's regime. So we see that uh, God has used nations to discipline other nations when they stray. We see that God chose Israel to be a light to enlighten the Gentiles, that, that, that the offspring of Abraham would be a blessing to the entire world, which they have been. So we might not understand it all and why that's better, but we see that God has set it up that way, and he does use that to work good. All right. 
Yeah, well, it's important to remember that God doesn't think the way we do, but over time, as I've lived life, as I've observed how the world works, I'm seeing that God's way is better. Amen. So what does all this have to do with ivermectin? Well, ivermectin is a small piece of the puzzle, but basically Satan wants to keep the pandemic going forever, if he can. Because That's what it's looking like at this point. Yeah. And there are certain politicians and certain transnational corporations that are making trillions of dollars the longer it goes on. So I, I know for decent people, it's hard to imagine. You mean they want people to die so they can make money? Who could be that evil? Well, the fact of the matter is there are people in the world that are that evil, even though we find it hard to comprehend. So ivermectin comes into play because there has to be a big conspiracy to stop people from knowing about it because if it was widely distributed the pandemic would end almost immediately hmm. and some people don't want that and satan does not want that but wouldn't the pandemic also end if everyone just complied and got the vaccine no because you can still get sick even though you got the vaccine general powell uh was fully vaccinated and he was killed by covid but didn't he also have cancer and wasn't he like 84? He had comorbidities. I don't know exactly what they all were, but there's so many people that have comorbidities. I have about five comorbidities um, and I've been fully vaccinated and I can still get COVID. Um, I went to the doctor a few months ago because I had a bad and uh, bad respiratory infection and and they tested me for COVID. It wasn't COVID. But I remember commenting to the doctor, I said, I've been fully vaccinated. And he says, well, that doesn't mean a thing. He said, any healthcare worker will tell you that we are seeing just as many people with COVID that are vaccinated as unvaccinated. Right. Now, so, typically, from my understanding, the vaccinated do typically have milder cases. That's, that's my understanding as well. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's going to go away because everybody is vaccinated. Actually, right. people that are vaccinated are more likely to spread it. Let me give you a, a couple examples. Uh, my son came down with COVID. He is unvaccinated. Um, he was extremely ill, sickest he's ever been in his life. He didn't think he was going to live. But after a couple of weeks, he pulled through okay. Um, and I told him at the time, I said, you need to get a hold of some hydroxychloroquine or some uh, ivermectin. But he was just too sick to deal with it. Um, anyway, he recovered, but he spent two weeks in bed. He didn't go out of the house. He didn't go anywhere. He was too sick to go anywhere. Uh, my daughter-in-law is fully vaccinated and she came down with COVID. And she was out and about cleaning the house uh, I mean, it didn't hold her down at all. So her symptoms were a lot less. But my point is, if you've been vaccinated and you get COVID, you're a lot more likely to be down at Walmart shopping for groceries. You're not so sick that you can't go out. 
Um, some people just get a little sniffle or runny nose, but they're still contagious. So people that have COVID and are vaccinated are much more likely to spread it to others. So um, the idea that being vaccinated, uh, there's a big push now that, well, if you're not vaccinated, you're, you're a danger to the rest of the world. Well, wait a minute. If someone's vaccinated and they're protected from getting COVID, then why are they worried about somebody unvaccinated giving them COVID because they can't get it because they're vaccinated? Well, the truth is they can, they can still get it even though they're vaccinated. Well, so, I think there, there is the consideration that there are some people who can't get the vaccine because of allergies or other conditions. Um, I'm sure that's true. Uh, and particularly for, for younger people, they don't need the vaccine because they're going to pull through okay. I, I've got several friends that had COVID and were not vaccinated. And they were, they were pretty sick for a while, but they pulled through. Um, the problem is a lot of those younger people, if they get the vaccine, it can give them heart problems. There's people that are in wheelchairs now for the rest of their life because of the vaccine. Uh, there are horror stories that abound. There's like half a million adverse re reactions and I forget how many hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations from the vaccination itself. And that's right from the CDC website, which all that data is in my book. But certainly it still has to be less dangerous than the virus, right? That's an unknown. We do not we're dealing with a, with a virus made in a biowarfare lab. We don't know what the long-term effects of having the virus are going to be. You know, if you get smallpox, or not smallpox, chickenpox, you can come down with shingles 40 years later. I'm one of them. Um, and shingles is no fun. It's, I mean, that's a long-term effect from a virus that you don't know about till a long time later. We don't know what the effects of getting this virus is. But at the same time, we don't know what the long-term effects of getting the vaccine is. This is not a regular vaccine. This is an mRNA, messenger RNA vaccine. It tells our body how to make the spike protein that is similar to the spike protein of the virus. But it does some fancy genetic work inside our cells in order to do this. and we just don't know it ha it's it's under an emergency use authorization it's not fully fda approved so we don't know what the long-term effects are this three four five years 40 years down the road of getting the vaccine we do know that it's ex it, it's extremely hazardous for people that get the vaccine based on the number of deaths it has caused so it's not something to be taken lightly and we have a medicine, ivermectin, safer than aspirin, uh, that people can take that and they won't get COVID. And if they, and if they get COVID and then take it, it's going to cure them. And it has a safety record far better than that of the vaccine. The problem is ivermectin is fully FDA approved for humans in this been around for many, many years. The patent has expired on it. Anybody, any pharmaceutical company can make it. Nobody's gonna get rich on it because it is extremely cheap. I got my course for 
which is actually a high price compared to what it used to cost before the pandemic. So it's cheap and nobody can make big money on it like they are the vaccines. And that's why it's being denigrated. So then you would say that money is the primary driver of this? Yes. On, on okay. the material plane, it's money. On the political plane, plane it's power. Uh, so um, I, this might be more of a personal question, but what have you been doing to, to keep yourself grounded during these times, to keep yourself focused on Christ? Well, that's a great question. Well, when we could not attend church, we're, we're back to attending now, um, but, but when things were so bad that we didn't think it was safe to go out at all before we had any vaccinations, before I knew of any medications, um, we would watch church online. Um, uh, we have a church, the church we attended here in town had an online service and, and when we lived in Tennessee, there's a great church there that we attended and they have uh, online services as well. So we, we would watch those every Sunday. We would try to remember it's the Lord's day when we got up on Sunday morning, even though we weren't headed out to church, we would start the day remembering it's the Lord's day and, and watch, watch the service and listen to the word. Um, and then of course, just personal devotions, reading the Bible and praying. Um, and then the Lord ministers to me a lot when I'm writing books and articles that, that talk about him and talk about what the Bible teaches. So in, during the, the first year of the pandemic, uh, I published 10 books in that winter. Um, and so that had me really in depth in the scripture a lot as I was writing the books, because, you know, you can't just say, well, this is how it is. You have to prove it from scripture. So that had me in the word a whole lot and was very edifying to myself personally. All right. Because I think it's critical that we as Christians, that we that we don't get all caught up in in the times we're living in that we don't give ourselves over to despair or to excessive anger but that but that we remember to love one another and and that we also remember that sometimes it's just okay for us as Christians to have disagreements yes that's right that's right. Our pastor just preached a sermon along those same lines last week. Hmm. Yeah. And another thing to remember is, you know, God has everything under control and come what may, he's going to provide for us. I mean, if you look at the history of the church, persecution has been the norm, not the exception. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've really been blessed in America. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Well, uh, we're running out of time here. Uh, 
it's been great talking to you. Uh, anything else you'd like to share? Would you like to go through your list of books again? Um, yeah, I could do that real quick. Um, let me pull the list up here. All right, so we've got Theistic Evolution. Did God create through evolution? And spoiler alert, the answer is uh, no, God did not create through evolution. Um, Heavenly Miracles, True Stories of Supernatural Intervention. Uh, these are things I've seen in my own life, uh, in my own ministry, where God really did some amazing stuff. Uh, each chapter is a different story. It's a very uplifting book. To Mormons with Love, A Pilgrimage Through Mormon History and Doctrine. That book started as a letter to a dear friend of mine who was a Mormon. Um, and uh, it just grew from a letter into a whole book. King James Onlyism is the KJV, the best Bible version. End of Days, what the Bible says happens next. And that's, that's my book on eschatology. Catholicism, the hidden truth about Catholicism. Life after death, what happens when we die. Swaggertism, the strange doctrines of Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. Hidden History, the untold story of the Democratic Party. And truly amazing book one, the real story of an Adam and Eve, which is a children's book. And then uh, the COVID conspiracy, which is going to be released soon. All right. Well, our time on Zoom is ending. I really wish we had more time to talk about all those books, but thanks again for coming on, Pastor Mark. This was yeah. this was a real blessing. Well, it has been for me as well. And uh, there's a lot of subjects maybe we can get into sometime in the future. I've got a fascinating article on my website uh, about Bigfoot ghosts and UFOs and what is this Christian perspective of all of that. Nice. Those are questions that we need to discuss in the church. Yes. Not only because they're cool, but it's important to be able to have biblical answers because people really believe in this stuff. So, you know, we need to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that's in us. We do. We do. And that article on my website has been... Uh, one of the articles where I get the most comment about people saying, wow, that really helped me to read that. Hmm. So that's always gratifying to hear. Well, check it out. And with that, I say, soli deo gloria. <laughs>